Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. This podcast is amazingly sponsored by Choke Aloha. Head over to chokealoha.com and use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio to get 10% off your entire order. Go pick yourself up an awesome patch, throw it on your gi, and next time you win a tournament, tag them. Maybe they'll throw you up on their Instagram channel. Why not? Chocoloha is awesome like that. But they also are bringing back a couple of the uh, vintage shirts. Uh, one or two of the ones that came out a couple years ago that are freaking awesome. I really, really hope that they do so I can pick up another one. But if you order one this time, you'll get 10% off because you're using the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio, like the smart individual that you are. And support the people that support this podcast. This podcast is also sponsored by Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Head over to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJRadio. Get 10% off your order there as well. Pick up some punch drunk soap, some salves for yourselves to heal up those little mat burns that you have. Get yourself a Fight Club bar. They have those now as well. They look so cool, but you got to request it. Get a patch too. I actually have uh, a patch I got to throw on my gi as well from uh, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Because I'm going to go compete this week. Support Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Uh, They also just did an interview with Jabzilla.com. And you get to check out and kind of hear the the real beginnings of the, the company. Jay has been doing an awesome job and I'm glad to hear that more and more people are recognizing how awesome Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. is. Go pick yourself up a bar. Go check out the article. They actually give us a shout-out. So a big thanks to Jay and Jabzilla.com for covering them. So thank you also for the shout-out on uh, on the interview. It's it's really humbling to, to have companies like Chocoloha and Jiu-Jitsu Soap um, you know, sponsor and support the podcast like they do. And, you know, they're always sharing whatever links we put up and things like that. So thank you for the support and support us by supporting them. Also, if you want, pick up some of my artwork, head over to sondermarketing.com or check out my blog, mycosmicjourney.com and see all the, uh, all the artwork and photos and things like that, that, uh, I've been uh, working on and help support the podcast. I don't make any money off of this. I just have a blast doing it. And if you're wondering where I've been the last couple of weeks, I've been uh, a little busy. I actually just got back the other day from New York. I went up to New York to do a photo shoot with JT Torres and Vitor Shaolin for Tatami Fightwear. And I can't tell you guys how much fun I had because not only did I get to catch up with some of my friends up there, I got to hang out with two of the most talented jujitsu fighters and practitioners that I have ever met. And obviously they have the credentials to, to prove that JT and Vitor were some of the nicest people I've ever had a chance to work with. It was so cool to, uh, to be able to take their photos and film and check out their their training and their teaching and stuff like that. JT's uh, gym is so awesome and Vitor's gym is so awesome and everybody was so friendly and just inviting and open. 
and I learned a lot, not only just about jujitsu, but about really the the lifestyle and and being a a real martial artist. And it was really cool to see the the positivity and the mentality and how they approach everything. And um, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of people always ask. And they try to find out that secret formula of what it takes to be successful. And the more that I get to work with people like JT and Vitor and, you know, Gilbert and things like that, I, I see it. I see it more and more. And it's and it really comes down to just a few things of, you know, being a positive person, being good to work with, and really just, I, I think it's really just that and it's having the work ethic. It's having a serious work ethic because JT, you know, drove half hour, 45 minutes from outside of the city to come all the way down to Brooklyn to take photos with me. Vitor came all the way from New Jersey and come take photos with me and then go to like classes and the, the schedule that they both have is so crazy, but they're at it and they push it and they don't complain and they love what they do. And I think it really comes down to those few points, you know, being positive, being hardworking and not complaining and really loving what you do. I think, and I can speak for myself because I love what I do. It's not about the money. It's when you love it, you're never working a day in your life. And, you know, of course, everybody has hard times, but at the end of the day, it comes around and, and people acknowledge that and you really do get what you work for. So I can't thank them enough for for being so inviting and opening the doors and letting me come in and throwing them out in the cold, taking photos out there in the freezing cold in uh, in New York. But I had a blast. And hopefully, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I was trying to Instagram as much as I could uh, to give you guys kind of like a behind-the-scenes look at the craziness of my life and uh, the cool stuff that I get to do. So if you haven't, Follow me now on Instagram, Sonder Marketing, or even my personal one, Guitar for Hire. And uh, and you guys kind of get an idea of how, I mean, I hate to say it, like, but I definitely feel like pretty blessed. And I, you know, I've worked hard to be where I'm at, but I definitely feel I'm humble and blessed to, to get to do what I do and get to work with the people that I work with. So yeah, I've been busy, busting my butt, working. And funny enough, while I was working, I got a message from somebody, and I talked a little bit more about it uh, on the podcast, that it was, once I got the message, I read it like, um, I think you might have gotten the wrong person. Are you sure you're trying to talk to me? Because I'm surprised you even know who I am. And it was the lead veteran official for ADCC uh, North America, Carlos Diaz. He was interested in coming onto the podcast and talking about the upcoming ADCC US Open in Florida. It is the first Open held in North America. And it's a huge event for jiu-jitsu. And obviously, the more you guys get into the, into the, the podcast, you'll hear our conversation. You'll understand why I say that because of the matches that are going to come up and the talent pool that we have down here. And the people that are going to be showing up, it's going to be pretty crazy. I feel, however, as a jiu-jitsu person, I feel like a lot of people 
misunderstand what ADCC is about, and a lot of people don't realize it's not just jiu-jitsu, it's grappling. You're talking about sambo guys, you're talking about judokas, you're talking about jiu-jitsu practitioners, and nogis, and wrestlers, and this, that, and the other. It's a lot of people, and it's not just jiu-jitsu, so it kind of throws people off, but it is the most prestigious event that you can get, the actual ADCC is the most prestigious event that you could get an award from. If you win ADCC Absolute, I mean, you're the top of the top. You know, guys like Mario Sperry, Claudio Colasans, uh, um, Davi Ramos, and, and, you know, it's, if you win ADCC, you're legit. But ADCC is invite. The, the open is welcome for everybody. So for me, I think it, it really brings in more people and it probably ups the challenge even more because there's a lot of people that might not get invited to to do ADCC that are probably going to show up at the open and this isn't not this is not the trials but this is just an open it's just a tournament and i still think that a lot of people will come out because it gets them prepared for the trials it's a different rule set it's it's something different than a regular IBJJF tournament I had a blast talking with uh, with Carlos, and I'm really, really thankful that he reached out to me because I was planning on going to the rules meeting that he was having down here uh, on the third anyway. But without further ado, I introduce to you ADCC lead veteran official, the man who knows all the rules and has some amazing stories, Carlos Diaz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Today, my guest is a very special man who reached out to me wanting to be a part of the podcast. Caught me by surprise because I didn't even think I was on this guy's radar. So I'm glad that he reached out to me. It made me feel good knowing that someone's listening. I want to introduce everyone to the lead veteran official and promoter for the ADCC Open Tournament, a jiu-jitsu black belt and former Marine, Carlos Diaz. Thank Carlos, you. Thank, thank you very you. much. No, thank, thank you very you. much thank for, you for having for, me on the show. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Thank you, man. I, like I said, I was honestly really surprised when uh, when I saw your message. And like I read it a couple of times. Like, is is did he just get the wrong number? Did he really reach out to me? <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm glad you reached out because it's funny enough, that day that you messaged me, I was actually really looking into the tournament. Um, wow, awesome. Cool. Yeah, so I don't know yet if I'm still going to be able to get to compete, but I'm hoping to pull it off. If not, I'm definitely going to be there to support regardless. Um, so just to kind of bring people into the fold, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people know what ADCC is as a tournament. But not too many people will know kind of your involvement in this whole uh, tournament. Can you kind of give us a rundown of who you are and how you're involved with ADCC? Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, I've, I've been working with, uh, with the ADCC since uh, probably around 2000 and 2003, 2004. And, uh, you know, um, I, I've officiated uh, a lot of their events, including a couple of the world championships. Um, I ran a, a little bit, uh, for a little while, the, the USA Federation, um, and, and, um, 
to be honest, is uh, it was during the time I had a little bit of a instability and a lot of moving around, a lot of things going on in my life, and I didn't probably do the best job possible. Um, uh, I moved out of the continental U.S. I moved away, and then I came back uh, to the U.S. And I, after the West Coast trials, I reached out to you know the guys at ADCC, and uh, you know. I told them, it's like, hey, listen, after the world championships could, uh, you know, would it be okay if I run a couple of the, you know, just U.S. Open tournaments, not trials, not qualifiers, just an open tournament to grow the name brand, to get people used to the rule set, uh, you know, and I'm a, I'm a strong believer on the rule and scoring system, uh, the philosophy behind it. And they told me, yeah, let's go. Let's get it done. And so this is going to be our first one in the U.S. Yeah, that's actually one of the, the most exciting parts about it is, is that it kind of gives everyone a, a chance to, to be a part of a pretty much like I would say the most prestigious uh, tournament when it comes to grappling. No, well, yeah, well, absolutely. And that's another thing. It's, you know, if, if, if you were looking at things – you know, two, three, uh, two ADCCs ago, so we're looking at four years ago, you know, mm. you would never think in a million years that Gordon Ryan, for example, was going to have the run he did. Um, yeah. You know, you would never think that, you know, little 16-year-old Nicky Ryan was going to do <laughs> what he did, um, yeah. you know, especially at the trials. Th that was just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, so this is kind of like an opening door, getting people used to the rules, um, because I've seen many incredibly talented, skilled guys lose because they don't understand the rules. Um, mm. And that's actually, you know, one of the biggest things is people turn around. Oh, man, what happened? How come I didn't get this point? How come this didn't happen? And, uh, well, you know, you, you should have paid attention during the rules meeting. Um, you know, and I'm. <laughs> And I believe that if we do these events, the general public is going to be more interested. Um, it's going to get the general practitioner more familiar with it. And, you know, listen, we might have in the Blue Belt, you know, intermediate division, uh, the next big star, you know, for probably for the next world championships. You never know. Yeah, but you brought up a good point, too, as far as the rule set. Now, ADCC has obviously its own its own rule set that a lot of people might not be familiar with. And I know that you're, you must have heard every excuse under the sun and arguments for, for points. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've, I've heard a lot. <laughs> I was, but, give me, give me uh, you know, like I excuse. said, if you pay attention, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was wondering what is the best excuse or argument you've ever heard for, for the points that someone might've gotten or not gotten. My favorite one, I had a very well-known um, <laughs> jiu-jitsu black belt. I'm not going to mention any names, but, uh, you know, for the guy, a very well-known jiu-jitsu black belt, very well-known, um, fought in the UFC, fought in ADCC. This guy is, you know, has competed any, everywhere and anywhere. Um and one of his students lost a match and clearly lost a match on points. And, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, 
this guy can be a little intimidating and literally got on my face and started screaming at me and, you know, you, you're cursing me up and down and, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Um, and this was actually at the World Championships. And uh, mm. and I'm like, all right, well, you know, well, thank you very much for your support, bud. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. The rules are the rules. I didn't make them. I just enforced them. So, yeah, it was it was quite I, interesting. It, the guy's a big guy, and there was about, you know, 10 seconds that I was like, hmm, you know, I'm going to have to survive this one. But uh, <laughs> everybody kept their cool, and it was uh, it was fine. Well, you also have a, a, a weird pool of people to, to pull from to, to defend you if things went down. Yeah, like yeah I mean, of- absolutely. I, I mean, I'm a firm believer, you know, five, five versus one, you know, five's going to win. But, uh, but he would have taken out a couple of us. I mean, I'm telling you, this guy, uh, um, you know, I'll tell you his name off the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a pretty good idea of who it is just from obviously being around the, the jiu-jitsu community as much as I am. So, but yeah, I definitely want to hear that one more off the air because that sounds like a good story. Absolutely. So now, continuing with the rules, um, I know I mentioned to you that I myself was actually planning on going to the rules meeting for this event. Um, right. And I don't want to jump the gun on it, so I definitely want to talk about it, but you're, you make the push to educate all the competitors way ahead of time, so there's no excuses. Correct. I, I, and you know what? Um, I'm a firm believer that if you educate yourself, you can prepare your game plan uh, a lot better. Um, again, the ADCC rules are quite unique. Um, and, and if you like, we can discuss about the rules a little bit, but you know, they're very yeah, absolutely. unique. Um, a lot of people get confused. You know, one of the biggest things are like, well, you know, in this other big event, oh, that doesn't count. Well, this is not that other big event. Mm. So it just, it, these are our rules and it is what it, I'm not going to modify them because somebody else does their own thing. Uh, and if if you know beforehand, you're prepared, uh, you're educated about it. Uh, you know, you know what to expect. Yeah, I think like the the biggest thing that I've always heard, especially from from lower belts and beginners, is the fact that you guys don't take any points after until a certain amount of time. Right. Um, so the way that we work is you during the regular periods. Uh, you know, whether they're quarterfinals, semifinals, um, there are no points during the first period of a match, the first half of a match. So, for example, if a match is 10 minutes, the first five minutes, there's no points. There's no positive, there's no negatives. Uh, after the first half, the referee will announce to the competitors that the points have begun. And then the point system begins. It's... And there's one quick exception to the rule, and that will be on the final matches or super fights. Then negative points begin from the start. But then this still applies for positive points on the half point of the, the half period of the match, if that makes sense. Yeah, but so my question is how did that, that system come about? Like, what's the, the rationale behind having that? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, one of the ide- one of the ideas and the philosophy behind it is you don't have to worry 
about points for the half for half the match. So you can really go for all oh, whatever crazy submission and crazy game you want to you want to impose. And you know, if I go for some crazy armbar, flying armbar, for example, but my opponent gets out and ends up on side control and passing my guard, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Okay, woohoo! You, you're on my side control. It, big deal. I'll replace and I believe in my skills and you know try to submit you again and again and again and again. So that's the idea. Is during the first half of the match, you should go for your unique moves and. You know, your submissions without worrying about, oh, man, I'm behind three points, two points, whatever the case may be. Right. And I mean, it definitely opens up the game so much more. Absolutely. Uh, I think, I'll, especially when you're going from from someone that comes from, like, IBJJF tournaments, they might have a tough time at this one. Right. And and that's actually one of the biggest things. Is, you know, a lot of people tell me, well, that doesn't apply in IBJJF. Well, yeah. you, you want to play with IBJJF scoring, then go to IBJJF. <laughs> yeah, that, that that doesn't always uh, sink in with everyone when it, they just sign up for a tournament. Right. So now, this is the first one in the U.S. Um, and so, I know there's – the, I'm sorry? No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's uh, so it's the first one in the U.S. and you picked Florida – to have this this open tournament, why did you pick Florida? Well, uh, it is the first open with the different skill levels. Mm. We've had, you know, a lot of uh, uh, we used to call them regional tournaments, where right. we were looking for high skilled guys. This is the first one where we have, you know, from guys that have never, you know, just started training and they're just very competitive to. You know, we have some really outstanding competitors. Um, I just seen uh, Marcel Goncalves from Fight Sports and uh, Roberto Abreu's Academy signing up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Freddie Trillio, who's a Tom DeBlas affiliate, very, very skilled guy. Um, so, you know, we have everything in between. The reason I chose uh, Florida, uh, number one, there is a very large pool of good jiu-jitsu places here um you know there's kind of um this thing of you know the four corners of the nation have you know the the largest population of jiu-jitsu um teams and camps and academies and uh you know being that i I was going to do the event in february i figured you know south florida is probably one of the warmest places the weather should be nice and good in february uh, so whoever's, for example, in the Northeast and you want to get away from that nasty cold, come on down. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and it's just, again, there's a lot of uh, talent here. There's a lot of good academies. So let's present it in one of the largest, uh, you know, states with a good large population of, of participants. And let's start at this point and, you know. If everything goes well, we're going to start moving around uh, around the country. I like that, and I absolutely agree. the The talent pool of just jujitsu legends and and just savages down here is absolutely incredible. I was just hanging out the other day with uh, with JT Torres up in New York, and I was yeah. talking to him about the the tournament and how crazy it is down here. So. Yeah, um- and, and that guy is incredibly talented himself. 
um, you know, I was uh, actually he was one of the guys that I was trying to get for one of the super fights um, for the event. But, you know, he had a prior commitment with another organization. So it didn't transpire, yeah. but he's still on my scopes. I have a I have a nice match in mind that I would love to see that match happen. Uh, like, see, you can't tease me like that. You gotta, you gotta let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so now, speaking of the super fights, can you give me uh, the names of the the matches that are going to take place? Absolutely. Um, so you know, in and this is in no particular order, but uh, you know, we have uh, Sal Guerrero versus Kyle Maynard. Uh, Sal's from mm-hmm. American Top Team in Aventura, training with uh, the Maheka brothers. Trains with uh, uh, Jonatas Gugel Tagarella. Uh, very strong camp. Those guys are high level competition. Um, Sal is, uh, he participated in the ADCC trials several times. Um, you know, he, he's, he's won Pan Ams, he's won state several times. And he's one of these kids that is nonstop action uh, versus Kyle Maynard from Gracie Baja in Orlando. And uh, who's just another guy like him? So, you know, I feel I feel the pain of whoever has to score that match because that's going to be no <laughs> action. Um, then we also have uh, Wagner Hoka's daughter, Jasmine Roca, versus Alexis Hurtado from Hobson Motors Academy. And mm-hmm. if you know your jiu-jitsu well, you know both of these guys and their students. It's unparalleled their game. Um, we also have uh, Bobby Emmons, who is a EBI veteran, SUG veteran. He's uh, one of these guys that uh, you know has a very slick jiu-jitsu game versus Jay-Z, Jazias Cavalcanti. And uh, yeah. you know, Jazias is really probably not well-known in the grappling world, but uh, he's very well-known in the MMA world. Um, and uh, you know, he's got many submissions to his game. He has a very strong wrestling and luta livre background. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, trains. Uh, he's one of the jiu-jitsu instructors and trains with the Black Zillions. Um, mm-hmm. We also have Sam McCoy, who actually lived in Abu Dhabi for quite some time. He was uh, one of the jiu-jitsu instructors over there at the uh, in Abu Dhabi. He's, again, a huge number of accolades to his name, facing perhaps one of the favorite heavyweights to watch Jesse Raid Childre and uh, you know Jesse Raid went to the West Coast uh, trials and uh, if I'm not mistaken I believe he submitted everybody except for the final match and uh, you know again he's competed in a lot of the submission only events and we like to see how he does versus uh, another very skilled uh, competitor and uh, let me see who else do we have uh, Mr. ADCC himself, perhaps, uh, Jeff Munson. Oh, wow. Snowman Munson. Um, he reached out to me and uh, he said, uh, hey, uh, you know, I, uh, I got a couple of things in my mind. Uh, I've been traveling quite a bit and, you know, I've won the ADCC twice. I've medaled probably every single time I've entered and, uh, you know, I want to do something. And of course, you know, ADCC is kind of my home. Uh, find me the toughest guy that you can think of. And I said, okay, well, absolutely. And uh, I reached out to a, a pool, a very small pool of men because you know, <laughs> I got to find a big man and very yeah. skilled big man. 
and uh, uh, Alexandre Café Dantas, world champion, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, black belt to the umph degree. He was uh, first to reach out to me and said, uh, you know, put me in, coach. And uh, oh wow, so, you know, it's uh, that's a uh, that's a nice nostalgic, uh, you know, legends of the sport right there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I believe and that's funny. what we have for for super for the super fights. That's funny. Well, going back to to Jay Z Cavalcante, take it from someone who's who's lost an ankle or two to Jay Z's game. <laughs> and granted, I'm not anywhere near Jay Z. Like I know where I stand. I'm a blue belt, and I know exactly where I stand. But I have lost many necks and ankles to Jay Z. So I, I actually saw him last night at uh, at the XFM fights, and I was talking to him a little bit about it. So I'm excited to see him grapple. And awesome. if anyone doesn't know who he is, it's you're missing out on one of the the true legends of of mixed martial arts and and jujitsu too. He's just a uh, and he's a great human being for sure. We've had him on the podcast before. Also, yeah, so he's, a, he's a great guy. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. So, yeah, for sure. Make sure that uh, you have a, a photo pass for me because there's no way that I can pass up photographing any of those matches. There's no way I can pass that up. Um, but also, a, a lot of people won't be able to make it. They can watch it on Flow Grappling, and that's an awesome part of it. How did, uh, how did you get in touch with Flow Grappling and kind of get everything going to, to make sure that it's broadcasted? Um, so I have a, a very um, amazing human being that uh, he's uh, you know has uh, strong ties with flow grappling, uh, Mr. Ricardo Amendiola, and mm-hmm. um, you know I told him what I was doing, and he said, "Man, listen, we got to come and cover this event. You know, this is this is something." Uh, and uh, you know we put uh, the the parts to move and, and and the gears to run and you know so I was able to contact and those guys have been fantastic to work with you know they're oh absolutely they're, yeah yeah for the if anyone's remotely close to being a fan of grappling they they have to subscribe to that and Ricardo is such a great commentator uh, I love being able to to tune in and and actually get good commentating because it used to be so painful sometimes on some tournaments to, to hear the, the, the play-by-play or attempted play-by-play action by some people, it was always painful. Yeah. You know, and re- you know, what's interesting is, you know, Ricardo has been around ADCC for a very long time. Um, you know, he's incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to, to the technique and how to live com- do the live commentating. Um, you know, he can educate somebody that has zero knowledge of the sport and still make it sound very interesting, even if you don't like it. So I'm just super happy to have this. Uh, I think it's a great avenue for the participants. You know, a lot of these guys are looking for sponsorships. So, so, you know, it's going to put them on the spotlight too. For sure, especially at the the magnitude of of this tournament. I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that, the people that are in the know know to to watch it or come out, but I feel like this is going to be one of those events that people are going to be upset that they missed out and they like they didn't make it out there because uh, of the matches you have set up. And I know the talent pool that's down here. And I was actually today I was at a American Top Team uh, doing some filming, 
and I can just I hear everybody talking about it and everybody just kind of building up and to to know the people that are talking about competing. It's just I'm getting more excited day by day. Now let me ask awesome. you a question because I I feel like a lot of like the the younger guys and the more inexperienced people obviously want to compete. I mean, people want to compete more and more. Now you have it set up with beginners is you know, up to a year worth of training, intermediates, one to three years. How would you educate people as far as belt-wise that might not really understand the, the kind of tournament that they're getting into? Because let's say if there's like a white belt that's been training for, for two years, three years, but there's still a white belt or a blue belt that's been going as a blue belt for, for three years. How would you like have them split up? Um, you know, it's, um, unfortunately on like, um, a couple, maybe some other events, I don't have a database of, mm. you know, um, you know, this person competed, say for example, uh, at the intermediate and they should be competing at the expert advanced level next. Um, so it, unfortunately this time around, it's going to have to be an honor system until we can, yeah. you know, collect that database and, and be able to put those things in place to maintain a good record-keeping of this. Um, you know, I, I, we can only hope that people are, are honest about their training time. Uh, you know, it's, it's not my prerogative to say, you know, John Smith, um, who's been a white belt that has been training for six months, uh, but the kid is incredibly athletic and is one of these white belts that wrecks everybody in the training room. You know, should he be, you know, on the on the beginner? Should he be intermediate? You know, um, that that's going to be his individual prerogative. Uh, I'm right. I'm of the train of thought that you entering a tournament to challenge yourself, you entering a competition to to test yourself, to challenge yourself. Um, measure where your skills at with people that you do not regularly train with, with a complete stranger um, on a platform, on a public platform. So, you know, yeah, challenge yourself. You should, as you should. But I also understand that there has to be, there has to be some kind of difference because, you know, a, a one year white belt obviously is not the same as a, you know, three-year blue belt or a three uh, right. or seven-year blue belt, but a seven-year blue belt is definitely definitely not the same as a three-year uh, blue belt. So yeah. you know that's why we broke. You know that's why it's broken down on the time frame. Uh, and then obviously, finally, you know it's a no-gi event. So you know, I heard a, a wise man. A wise man once say, you know, the belt only covers two inches of your ass. <laughs> yeah, you got to cover the rest. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, I, I look. I totally love that kind of of breakdown. It definitely makes more sense. And to hear it coming from you of really explaining it to people, I think it'll definitely help them out in understanding it. And and to be quite honest, you know, like we talked about, it's we have such a huge talent pool down here, but I think everybody knows each other well enough to know that you're not going to get away with sandbagging, especially right. not at this event. 
you know, maybe some smaller like tournament, like somewhere else or, you know, something a, a little bit like smaller, but not at something at this magnitude. And I would definitely suggest not anyone try it because at one point or another, someone's going to call you out and you might get caught up in a, in a bad bracket and someone's going to put you in your place too. You never know. Absolutely. And I tell you, listen, if, if all you care is, is to get a medal you know, and a two-inch ribbon around your neck, uh, I'll sell it to you. You know, it's don't come in. You know, don't come in and just you know. Yeah. I, I hate the guys that come in. And it's like, yeah, you know, I've been training jujitsu for three years, uh, but I'm a three-time All-American Division One. That's not the same yeah. either. You know. Yeah. So. No, I know there's been like that. There's always the argument of, you know. Uh, a judo brown belt or black belt coming in as a, a white belt in jujitsu or something like they'll try and get out of that. I, it's definitely not going to fly at this one. Yeah. So and, and again, you know, they might get away with it one time. Yeah. So, yeah, but you never live that down. Once everybody finds out, you'll never well, live that one down. Absolutely. So now I, I kind of want to get into, to the, to the rules of what's allowed and what's not allowed. And obviously we don't have to go into the big details because you are going to have these rule meetings. What do you think is one of the the bigger things that people need to understand is allowable at this tournament compared to if it was, you know, an IBJJF tournament or or some other small like jujitsu organization like what is it that, that you think people should be most aware? It's like, listen, this is going to fly. We're going to let this slide, so you need to be aware of it. Right. So the, the two biggest things that I can immediately think of is heel hooks and knee reaping. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the all-famous uh, slams. Um, so what we have modified, and again, it's just you know, for safety purposes – uh, I'm a firm believer that everybody should be training everything, but you know it, I, I know that traditionally that's usually not the way it goes, and also experience counts for a bit. So I, I will discuss this more in the rules uh, workshops and the rules meeting. But heel hooks and knee reaping will only be allowed at the expert and advanced levels. So the beginners and the other guys they will not, and. Same thing for the slams. Now, also for the slams, I want everybody to understand that it's not just for the sake of picking a human being up and slamming them. Is if you are in a the danger of a submission, the submission must be locked. Um, you can slam someone only to escape a submission. So you know that's something that you know has to be very clear. But that would only be allowed at the higher levels not at the right. beginner levels. So let me ask you a question then just is there really like a limit to the to the amount of a slam? Obviously it's in submission. So let's say I was a black belt or I'm an expert, I get caught in a triangle, I can manage somehow to stand up in the triangle and just full on power slam. That's still One, a go. Uh, 100%. The theory wow. behind it is you it is if I put you in a triangle and you can pick me up, I have the ability to let go of that triangle. So the second I come off the ground, I can open my triangle. 
you can no longer slam me. And and perhaps sure. the most the most famous example of this was Rico Rodriguez versus Marcelo Garcia at the World Championships in uh, yeah. in California. Um, Marcelo Garcia takes Rico Rodriguez's back, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Marcelo had under over grips on Rico yeah. Rodriguez. Not really. Marcelo never had a choke at that point yet. Um, you know, and Rico Rodriguez, you know, tilted back to you know to a full body slam. Uh, given that Rico Rodriguez is probably three hundred plus pounds to Marcelo's one seventy, um, you know, but uh, there was a discussion uh, at the moment, and you know they decided to let that particular match continue, and you know now we know the result of it, but uh, but you know that that's a perfect example, you know. It, it, at any given point, in, under any other circumstances, that would have been an immediate disqualification. Yeah, that's a and that's a great example. That's that's something that I would urge anybody that's not sure about the what we're talking about to look at that uh, like that clip because it's everywhere on YouTube and it's one of the the more popular ones just to see. You know, especially the, a lot of the younger people that aren't that deep into grappling yet they'll see that and they don't really understand what's going on but that was that's definitely a great example of that match so now go ahead no 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 i'm saying that those are the two biggest things that i can think of uh you know that quite differ from from a lot of other tournaments yeah and one of the things too is that people need to understand that it's a grappling tournament. It's not a jujitsu tournament. So you're going to be going up against wrestlers, sambo guys, like judo guys. It's it's open to really see whose grappling is the best. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 actually a, a very good explanation. A, a lot of people get caught up, you know. Well, you know, that's you know that technique is not jujitsu. You're right. It's, it's yeah. grappling. It's submission grappling. It's submission fighting. It's not just jujitsu. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that, and that's why I was so excited to to talk to you when when you reached out to me because, you know, obviously getting closer and closer to the tournament, going school to school, you know, more and more of us are talking, and and you can see and you can hear kind of the the lack of knowledge or maybe experience on some of the people that are interested in competing about you know, being a part of it where it's like, you got to understand what you're getting into because otherwise it comes down to, you know, to you and to the refs saying like, Oh, what do you mean? Like he can do that. I didn't know you could do that. Well, you should have come to the rules meeting then. It's the first time you do this tournament. Correct. And you know, um, the, there, we have also the rules set on the, on the website, you know, the, the Abu Dhabi combat club, uh, main website also has them. Um, and there are some modifications for, you know, world championships and, you know, the regular smaller open events, um, of course. And again, for obviously at the world championships, you have the 16 best guys in the world uh, at whatever given weight class. You know, we understand that, you know, not everybody has a full understanding of dangers of certain submissions of certain things. So we made some modifications to it. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, the rules are out there. They're posted. Uh you know, these workshops are Actually, free and open to everybody. And I will do also a small uh, rules briefing 
right before the event, uh, at, at the event, right before the first matches uh, go, so everybody has a, a good, strong, solid understanding, uh, you know, and has some fun. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and uh, if anybody's interested, I actually have it open right now. It's adccusaopen.com. And you'll see right at the top, it says rules, and you can go straight down the list and look at it. Now, I have one more question for you on the rules. People are allowed to come in in a, in a gi or a kimono and wrestling shoes. They're Absolutely. optional, but if they want to, they come in. Now, let's say I decide to wear a gi and the other person is just a no-gi guy. He's just going like that. Is he allowed to use my gi for chokes? Yes. Ooh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, the, the best example of this is perhaps Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo yeah. um, It's still known for, you know, loving to wear his gi pants. Um, yeah. Even though he wears just a rash guard or, or a T-shirt or no shirt. Um, but I rem actually, I believe when he beat Hoyler Gracie, uh, he wore gi pants and no shirt, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's part of the equipment. Yeah. Um, the same theory applies if, uh, you know, you go in wearing wrestling shoes and you get caught on a straight ankle lock and, oh, oh, you can't really turn, twist and escape because you got some big bulky, nice, uh, wrestling shoe. Yeah. So no. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's the, the choice is yours. Now. Real quick, the, the rules meeting for anybody that's interested, I know you're planning on having two, correct? One down south and one at the ATT Coconut Creek. Correct. Um, already, uh, we already did the one. Uh, we did it at Fight Sports uh, Main Academy. Yes. Um, you know, and the reason is you know, both of these academies are perhaps the largest uh, here in the area. Uh, so it, it can accommodate quite a good number of people. Um, so... Yeah, so we did the one already at Fight Sports, and uh, the, on February 3rd, uh, the Saturday before the event, uh, we'll be doing uh, the other one at the Maine American Top Team Academy in Coconut Creek. Uh, to, again, to, you know, it's a large place, so we can accommodate quite a good number of people. Yeah, and uh, if anybody wants more information, obviously they can look it up on Facebook. Do you have the event? You can go to adccusaopen.com. Um, can I make a suggestion? Maybe throw in an extra super fight? <laughs> you can make all the suggestions you want. I mean, I I would love to see Mario Sperry jump in and have a super fight. I mean, I don't know if, it, you know, I just, he's down here. I just, you know, I'm a big fan of the guy. What do, you, what do you think? Would that be able to, something that you would look into? Um, you know, what's interesting is, funny enough, you mentioned that to me. Um, Mr. Sperry sent me a message um, a couple of days ago. So, <laughs> yes. you know, the, uh, there's, a, there's a spoon in the pot. So, you know, we'll, oh. see. we'll see what happens. Oh, I'm so excited. And that, that's not even me setting it up. I'm just really being a fan of, of the guy and thinking how awesome it would be to watch him compete. You know, I mean, um, Mario, Mario has won the world championships. You know, he's multiple-time super fight champion. Um, you know, he just had a, a, a grueling match with Ricardo Liborio. Um, yeah. The Worlds with, uh, in, down in Brazil. 
uh, two legends of the sport. Uh, you know, so it, you know, it comes down to things have to make sense to everybody and finding a worthy opponent. You know, so. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. I hope you give me the scoop. I kind of want to know the scoop if it happens, but I also want to be surprised on on uh, on game day. Absolutely. Um, I know we got to we got to wrap things up, uh, but I did want to ask you one last question. I know one of the sponsors um, is Mission Twenty Two, and I know that obviously you know you're you're a former Marine, and as someone who has a lot of friends that or you know teammates that served. Um, I kind of want to get your, just kind of like your your helping out and reaching out to these guys and and people to understand more about what Mission Twenty Two is. Oh, absolutely, man! I mean, it's uh, Mission Twenty Two is a foundation um, to help and assist uh, and prevent uh, veteran suicide uh, from veterans suffering from uh, post traumatic uh, stress. Um, you know, it's something that. Obviously, it's very close and dear to my heart, um, you know. And they uh, they're, they're a fantastic foundation. I mean, they, they work with veterans worldwide. Um, they and one of the big things that they love to do, they understand, you know, how jujitsu helps a lot of people, uh, how grappling helps a lot of people, and they have part of their program is is to be able to help getting some of these veterans into the programs and avoid it. Uh, they, they, there's too many veterans, uh, you know, suffering from mental health issues, uh, taking drastic and dramatic uh, uh, choices that it shouldn't be. Uh, too many, uh, you know. So we try to avoid that. You know, there's counseling, there's treatment plans, there's full clinical therapy uh, programs. You know, and you know, I've been involved. They do a lot of seminars for fundraising. I've been involved in several of them. Uh, you know, jiu-jitsu seminars throughout the nation. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I spoke with them and I said, listen, you know, you guys, you know, the cost is very important to me. So this is what we're doing and we can bring some exposure. They're bringing, you know, a team of the guys to the event. They'll have a little booth. They'll have information. You know, they have some gear as well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. And most of these guys are involved in the jiu-jitsu world, a lot of them. So yeah, you know, it's uh, it's pretty. Yeah. No, well, I, it's always, you know, it's always good to to spread that word out. Like I said, I've I've worked with a lot of different organizations as far as you know to help the veterans and and their families and stuff. So this is something that I'm very big on as well. So I, I really like seeing when so many people come in and you know and help out, and especially something like as big as ADCC being able to to kind of bring more and more uh, awareness to, to something like that. So hopefully, you know, just this event alone will, will kind of educate people more and more on the, on the, the things that, you know, veterans have to deal with. Um, but I took up enough of your time, sir. I can't thank you enough for taking up the time and even reaching out to me. Like I said, I was super surprised at the fact, um, can't wait to uh, to catch up with you. I'll see you at the rules meeting for awesome. sure. Um, and like I said, I'll probably bring my camera for that as well. I'll definitely be snagging some photos. If people have more questions, what is the best way to reach out to you? you um, the easiest and perhaps the best way to reach me 
is through our Facebook event page, uh, which is uh, ADCC Florida Open. Um, also, of course, they can email me at carlos at ADCC USA Open. Um, you know, there, we have the information on the website. The registration is on the website. Uh, but, you know, I'm really good about replying back. Any questions that anybody may have? And, uh, you know, and for February 3rd for the workshop, I'll be there. Uh, I'll go into detail, deep detail of the rules. Uh, I'll answer whatever questions anybody has. And uh, I'm looking really forward uh, to have everybody at the event on February 10th at the Coral Springs High School. Awesome. I can't wait. Uh, you have no idea how excited I am for this. Thank you. Thank well, you sir, so thank you. No, thank you very much for, for taking the time to doing this and reaching out. Like I said, I really appreciate it. And hopefully after you get done with uh, this tournament, we can sit down and talk more jujitsu. I'd love to hear some of your, your crazy stories. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I can't wait. I can't wait. So everybody, please be sure to support ADCC. Come out and uh, watch the show. If you're not going to compete, if you're going to compete, make sure you sign up. So you know, you don't get left out. And also, if you can't make it to Florida, don't forget you can check it out on flowgrappling.com. Mr. Diaz, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I look forward to seeing you um, on the 3rd first. I'll see you then. All right. Thank you. Guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much to Carlos Diaz for reaching out and wanting to be a part of the podcast and sit down with me and discuss the the rule set and everything that um, he's about as far as the ADCC tournament coming up. Guys, it's definitely one of the best tournaments that you could be a part of. So if you want to come compete, sign up, go for it. Come check it out if you're not going to compete. If not, jump on Flow Grappling and, and check out the tournament. From what he was telling me and a couple of other things he told me off the air, it's going to be absolutely insane. And I really, really want to support this event as much as I possibly can because I'm just a fan of the sport to begin with, let alone ADCC. So go follow uh, Mr. Diaz. Follow the ADCC, sign up. If you're going to compete, get ready to uh, to go dish out an ass whooping or get an ass whooping, depending on where you're at. Hopefully nobody is sandbagging. Also, go check out our awesome sponsors, Chocaloha.com. Check out Chocaloha. Get 10% off when you use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Get yourself a Shaka tea, pick up a patch, and then go to JujitsuSoapCo.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Get 10% off your order. Pick up some punk rock or punch drunk. And then uh, the charcoal. The charcoal soap is actually one of my favorites along with the McDojo bar. Pick up that Fight Club bar. I got to actually go pick that up because it's super cool. Uh, and the, the soap's really, really nice, man. If you missed the podcast we did with, uh, with Doc about... Uh, staph infections and MRSA and things like that and how to avoid it, man, if that doesn't scare you enough into picking up some soap, I don't know what will, but if you like some sexy smelling soap, same thing, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. has got you covered. Thank you for the support. Thank you to everyone that's reached out and asking me, hey, Alex, when the hell are you putting out another podcast? And I tell them, hey, 
come pay my bills, and then I can put out another podcast. No, thanks to everyone for for the support and all the the comments and the and the positivity behind everything. I'm doing the best I can. I got a bunch more planned out, actually scheduled out. Can't wait to to put out the next couple of episodes. Thank you all for the support. Follow Jujitsu Radio on Instagram, and if you want to check out my stuff, head over to mycosmicjourney.com. That's my blog. That's where I throw up a lot of my artwork and the photos, and you guys can kind of get an idea of what I'm up to and the craziness of my life. You can also follow my Instagram, Sonder Marketing, where you get to see a lot of the behind the scenes of the photo shoots and the video shoots and all the awesome people I get to work with. Thank you all for the support. Thanks for tuning in. Please share the podcast if you dig it. If you want to come on and you got something awesome to say and it's somewhat jujitsu related, come on. I want to have everybody I can on here. I have had a lot of people asking me to jump on and, you know, like, oh, I want to be part of the podcast, but then they never follow up on it. So if you want to be a part of it, I'd be more than happy to get you guys on here and um, talk some, uh, some, junk and uh and have a nice jujitsu conversation or anything else but thank you all for the support head over to itunes leave a review if you can share the podcast tag me on any instagram post thank you very much for the support and i'll see you guys next time